Hello and welcome to the NDA podcast. My name is Justin Pierce and I'm the editor. Today's podcast is one in our series called Masters of Media, where we're sitting down talking to heads of media, directors of media at brands to try and discover what exactly the, the role means today in a world where media is fragmenting in front of our eyes daily. And I'm absolutely thrilled today to be joined by Richard Bettinson. He's Senior Director, Media and Insight at Hilton. So Richard, hi. Hi, how are you? Excellent, thank you. So thanks for joining me. As I said in my intro, we're talking to people like you sure. to find out what the role means. Sure. And, you know, the world's a very different place every single day when you, we wake up, uh, especially when it comes to media. So tell me what you think has has changed in the last few years in, in the sort of role you're doing now. Um, I think a lot has changed. It's been a, a really interesting few years and, and a lot's happened in the media space. I think... And when I kind of was preparing for this question as well, I'm thinking about it. That's one of the appeals to me of media, the fact it is so kind of fast moving, the fact it's also very broad. I think media is, is a, a number of different disciplines. So to me, that's kind of a, a big appeal of the role. Um, specifically answering the questions, I think there's a few kind of key trends which are, are really important that you think have happened over the past few years. Some of those exist within brands. And some of those exist um, externally to brands. I think internally, when I start to think about the challenges I'm facing in my kind of day to day role, I think there's a few key trends. So I think the first one, and we're going to, I know we're going to touch on this a little bit later, is around the growth of kind of digital and data. That's a big thing for this role. There's a big thing about understanding stuff like attribution, about things like audiences, about your first party data, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and it's uh, exponentially growing. So I think that's a really kind of key part to this role and, and has grown massively over the past few years. I think secondly, and this is a really interesting and, and great opportunity and, and something we're doing quite a lot of at Hilton actually, is around actually thinking about media beyond acquisition. And I guess a lot of my kind of career, media has been focusing on acquiring customers and how you use media as a vehicle to acquire customers. Increasingly, and I don't think we at Hilton are alone in this, you're actually using media as a vehicle to speak to your existing customers. So thinking about how you're segmenting your audiences and, and moving beyond kind of email-based CRM to different forms of communication and, and media really being a central part of your, your business loyalty schemes. And, and that's a really exciting opportunity. Um, a third trend internally within brands is one that's always always fascinated me and at the time I've worked in media really is around creative and media so I guess in the the period I've been working within media you've seen trends where media and creative have been very separate they've come together very closely and it feels like now we're in a really positive space where creative and media are being discussed in the same conversation and that's really important when you start to think about how media is fragmented you start to think about the challenges of the different um, media channels that exist within specific media channels. You think about something like social media, where um, you've got very different platforms that audiences and consumers are using in very different ways. So some are sound on, some are sound off. So to think about creative within that context is absolutely essential. And, and the fact that media and creative are coming much closer together and, and even within the agency model is a, is, a, is a really big and important trend overall there. So I think they're kind of the big trends that we're noticing internally and I think they're kind of common across the media sector. So just pick into one of those because sure. it's, it's so kind of uh, ever-present first-party sure. data. Yeah. Obviously, everyone knows that third-party cookies is going away. Yeah. I mean, one day, one day, eventually sure, sure, it's going sure. away. And everyone knows that first-party data is is the sort of the new gold. So sure. what are you doing at Helton and what are the challenges to make sure you've got enough of the right first-party data? So it's really difficult. Um, I think 
and it's a new kind of world for brands to think about their first party from a marketing point of view or from a media point of view anyway. So I think that the first part is we're quite lucky at Hilton. We have some strong first party data. So we have a, um, a loyalty scheme called uh, Hilton Honors, um, which gives us access to a lot of data. Um, the challenges come with that data is how much of it's marketable. So thinking about how many of those people you can actually speak to. And then additionally, how you start to think about segmenting those audiences. And, and we've got lots of different layers of tiers from a kind of more premium customer through to someone that's you know just booked their first Hilton stay. So thinking about how you segment that audience. And additionally, I guess media acting is a kind of conduit to support our um, existing kind of CRM activations. But overall, it's difficult. It's very, very important. Though. And I think the interesting thing, which is emerging from it, it's not just about speaking to your existing customers and why first-party data is so important. It's about thinking about lookalikes and customers that you, you know, are, are potentially customers that will stay in, in, in our industry, in our hotels. Um, so we're, we're doing a lot of work in this space. I think we're learning a lot as we go along, um, but it, it's not easy and it is quite challenging as a, as a discipline to, to figure out. No, I bet. Now, I mean, as you uh, sort of referenced before, this world is moving fast and tech is changing sure. day by day. So, and I guess it's your role to keep up to date sure. with all these changes and yeah. the opportunities they offer to Hilton. So how, how do you keep up? It's a, it's a really good question and it's a, it's a difficult challenge. I think, as I mentioned briefly before, media is a really broad discipline. discipline. We're expected as a, a kind of a full range of different channels. There's a full range of different suppliers within those different channels. Um, there's lots of internal kind of challenges we face within within our day-to-day roles in terms of stakeholder management, etc. Um, so as such, it is a difficult thing to, to do, but it's a really important part of this role to understand kind of those high-level trends. I think it's probably a little bit of letting go control and not always having to be the expert at okay. everything. I think it's... Um, Working with uh, agencies, partners, also working with your internal teams and channel specialists or whoever it may be um, to learn from them. So, you know, you cannot know everything and you cannot be an expert at anything. And, you know, to, to try to be that smartest person in the room is, is very, very difficult. And I don't think anyone should expect themselves to be able to do that. That said, um, I do think there's a couple of really important uh Areas and I, again, as I start to think about my role at Hilton, but also more broadly, I guess you know most kind of um, people that work within media. I think there's a few trends which you do need to be up to speed on the, the technology that is out there. I think the first one, and we just touched on it, is is first party data mm-hmm. and understanding how you use your first party data, uh, uh, you know, to target customers, but also to acquire customers. I think the second one, and this is a and there we've um, made massive strides on at Hilton over the, the past few years. It's actually attribution. So moving to kind of more sophisticated attribution. And I think this is um, the attribution models, uh, whether they're kind of marketing mix modeling, whether it's more econometric based or, or whatever it may be, or a combination of the two, or even down to kind of multi-touch attribution. The sophistication has increased hugely. So you're seeing so much more come from these models. And, and as such you're using them a lot more because mm-hmm. the data feels more tangible, it feels more usable, usable, sorry, more actionable. Um, and we're, yeah, we're really starting to use kind of, um, you know, our, our marketing mix modeling and our attribution to inform all of our media channel investment, uh, the types of campaigns we're investing in when we think about investing uh, throughout the year. So I think attribution, understanding the technology and the data around that is, is 
really, really important because you know it forms how we invest mm-hmm. our media budget, and media budget is the largest chunk of your marketing budget. And then I think the final one, and I'm slightly biased because as part of my role, um, I also look after marketing insights, um, is around the technology and understanding audiences. And that's really improving at quite a quick rate. So through from your kind of um, more traditional market ins- insight suppliers like Kantar and YouGov and people like that, the data is getting a lot quicker and it's getting a lot more detailed in terms of what you get from that. But also from your media partners. So the media partners you work with, uh, the Googles of this world, the Metas of this world, there's so much data they see on as well. So you, you're really starting to be able to um, understand your audiences and 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 you know and the insight that's driving your campaigns, which is a is a, a massive kind of win. And you know, I think when you start to think about media, the one thing that hasn't changed since I work in media is that it's key to understand your audience and what they want from you and what they're doing and how they're consuming media. So, I think in direct answer to your question, <laughs> it's impossible to know everything, but there are a few kind of themes and trends mm. which is important to to at least have a base level understanding or good knowledge of because they're absolutely integral and, and it's essential to the role. Okay, great. And you mentioned supplies and obviously any brand works with more and more supplies. You sure. look at the Lumiscape, the ecosystem sure. now is, is massive and opaque. And so my question to you is you must be uh, in high demand by most tech companies out there listening. Sadly not. <laughs> well, but you know, you're, maybe your brand is, well, I'm sure you are too, Richard. But you know, how... How can people get your attention if there's a tech company out there that's desperate to work with you? They know their tech solution can deliver amazing results for for you and your brand. How do people best get through to you? I mean, what makes you answer an email? What makes you book a meeting? What makes you engage at all with tech suppliers? Oh, a very good question. And that is a a tough one to answer. I think, um, I guess a a few things. I think as a starting point, this is going to sound a bit random, it has a bit of luck with it. So it depends on how busy you are. I think personally, and I think we're quite good at this at Hilton, we always try and find the time for people that approach us. And it's a big part of our um, company is around kind of warmth and hospitality, as you'd expect of a hotel brand, but also being kind of a decent and good person. And, and we win lots of awards for being a great place to work. And part of that is around listening um, taking time to respond to people. So, um, and that's going to make it sound like I respond to everyone. Apologies to people I don't respond to. <laughs> yeah. But there's also an element of it depends how, how busy you are. I also think there's a, probably a big thing around, uh, am I the right person for stuff to come to as well? So thinking about, um, and I know it's difficult for someone that doesn't know a company, doesn't know a company structure, but thinking about what the technology you're offering is, how it's relevant to the person you're actually approaching, and um, be that someone in my role or be that in someone in a very different role is probably an important part to think about um and then just you know just i think um i think you know i think all the kind of um basics of um allowing people to opt out of stuff and, and this kind of stuff but I, don't, I don't think there's one kind of size fits all in, in summary here and it's uh, you put me on the spot a bit there. i mean it's kind of like um i try to answer as many people as i can but i think you know my advice to you know, people in, in sales and trying to sell technology is that uh, think about who it is and, and how it's relevant for them. Um, but also kind of um, more broadly, um, just, you know, continue to approach people. I don't think you should ever feel as though kind of you shouldn't be able to approach people because, you know, we're all people and we all want to kind of hear about new things. And part of my role and everyone's role really is to to learn about new things and understand different products and that kind of stuff. So to find the time should be part of our responsibility to do that. That's, a, that's an amazing answer. I think <laughs> it's some sort of approach everyone should take, really. Uh, 
Uh, let's move on to uh, media fragmentation. You sure. talked about media fragmentation. Obviously, yeah. we know this is happening, and it must be incredibly difficult for someone in your role to deal yeah. with. So, tell me about media fragmentation. How much of a challenge is it? How do you how do you keep up? So, I guess um, so. The, so, the first part of it is, and I guess it, it builds on the question, um, the first question you ask is that to me, it's actually the the most exciting part of the role is the fact that even though I've worked in media for 15 years maybe now, um, it's always changed. So the fact that, uh, you know, the the kind of explosion of digital, the explosion of programmatic, the fragmentation of social media, like I touched on before, the fact that we're consuming like AV content in such a way and you've moved away from linear TV into VOD and YouTube and whatever else it is, um, is really, really interesting and exciting and it keeps this kind of job fresh and innovative. Um, I think... When we think about media fragmentation as well, um, it is difficult to keep up with everything because there is a lot happening. Um, but I do actually think it also presents some really interesting opportunities. And I think that when you think about media fragmentation, there's almost a counter argument to say it's actually getting less fragmented because you start to think about, firstly, channels merging together. So you think about you think language of like programmatic out of home you're being much more targeted than your out-of-home advertising, you're understanding the people you're targeting, um, which is a, a step forward. You think about stuff like connected TV. That's kind of using, again, the best kind of themes of digital and programmatic. Uh, and channels merging together, I think, actually, yeah, it's a really interesting mm. opportunity. And then I guess, you know, linked to that as well, another great opportunity of fragmentation is around the fact that... Um, like the, the concept of offline and online is almost dead now because ultimately you're, um, you've got di- data and digital at the heart of everything you do. You've kind of got this, the customer at the center of everything you do and understanding them and you're increasingly having the ability to target them cross-channel. Um, and you start to think about the evolution of, and it's, I find this quite interesting, with offline channels, the actual development of oft, quote-unquote offline channels um, is is probably greater than digital channels. So as such, there's digital at the heart of a lot of your offline how, channels. How do you mean? Uh, I think you start to think about, as I said, CTV as okay. an example. Mm-hmm. You start to think about the fact that you've got media owners who, some of product like Sky AdSmart as an example, uh, some of the, the work that Global are rolling out, that is using you know, audience-led data to be able to target across different channels. So take Sky Smart, you're, you know, you're targeting on TV, you're targeting on, um, you can potentially use Sky Advance, you're targeting on the digital platforms. And it's a central kind of targeted approach that's very similar to what you're doing in the digital space. The same with, as I said, programmatic out of home, where you're potentially profiling a customer before you show them their advertisement and, and that kind of stuff. So I think everything's actually merging together and having kind of data and digital at the core and the development in traditional offline channels has, has been great. Uh, and I think it gives you a great opportunity as you start to think about fragmentation of trying to put, and this is you know, it's not quite there yet, but conceptually you can see where it's going, of your customer at the center and understanding the different things they're doing, the different channels, different media they're consuming, and able to target them across different platforms, be that online and offline. It's, it, you know, it's obviously not perfectly there yet. So I actually think fragmentation is very, very exciting in terms of what's happening in that space. But additionally, you know, there is a lot kind of happening. And as a broader kind of point, the principles of media haven't changed. Like, you should really be thinking about your audience. Who is it you want to target? What are they doing? How are they consuming media? Um, what do they want from your brand? So what's the insight that's driving your campaign or strategy or whatever else it is? And then the role of media within that and media planning is to 
to think about right message, right place, right time, how the channel's working and media partners working collaboration in conjunction. And even though media is kind of fragmented, if you can think about those basic principles, like fragmentation becomes quite a lot easier and quite simpler to, to understand. So how then, I, I guess, unpicking what you said, you yeah. just kind of answered it, but... I mean, you want to tell a consistent story across all media. And I think what happens often is that consumers, you and I, for example, as you said, the the idea of on and offline is, is sort of becoming a bit archaic. And we live just seamlessly across channels and Definitely. devices and et cetera, et cetera. But brands often don't. And brands often talk to you right. in different ways. If yeah. you're on a mobile phone or if you're working in an out-of-home out ad or, yeah. or TV ad. So how do you ensure that you're telling a one consistent story to the audience, as you say, yeah. no matter where they are and what they're doing? It's a really, really good question. And I think the the answer is it's very difficult. So I think the, um, and a lot of it is structures and processes. So I think you're very used to producing certain ad formats for certain channels and then thinking about how you, um, from a creative point of view, and thinking about how you um, take your headline asset and then you, you nuance it depending on the channel. So it is very, very difficult thing to do. Um, I think the the key thing is to think about your media platform. So there's a variety of different media platforms out there. Why are consumers using those media platforms? So you think about, and I use kind of always use a reference point of my, my 15-year-old niece here. Um, <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how my son's 10 years younger than her, seeing how kind of his, that will evolve in terms of his social media consumption. But she uses social media very differently, each platform very differently. So she'll chat with her friends on one. She'll uh, look at parties and events she's going to on another. Uh, another one she'll make phone calls called for. So she's generally using social media platforms in a very different way. Um, and there's such, like, how you should speak to her across those different platforms is actually quite different. And oh, it, so you think the brand should be different on, on different platforms? Yeah, I mean, it? but to do it, it's very, very difficult. Mm. I can, and we've we've tried to learn a lot at Hilton over the last few years in this space, and we've done a lot of testing, and we've got, got some stuff right. We've also got a lot wrong, and I'll give you an example as to where we've got wrong. Uh, examples. So social's a good one. So we've tried to have that a common asset across different social platforms that hasn't always kind of worked. We've also done some... Um, like podcast advertising where we've uh, had you know the host of the podcast reading out our advertising um and we've tried to put in all of our brand messages into that host read and okay. it's just sounded out of sync because it's not authentic it's not the way they speak uh, and stuff like that. so thinking about your media platform first is the key to doing this well mm. and i think the um challenges with that and it, it is difficult are um i think Firstly, or to actually do this well, I think you need to think about a few things. So firstly, having a really strong marketing or brand platform. So not the media platform, marketing and brand platform. So what I mean by that is you've got a clear message you want to take consumers away. You're not asking them to remember 15 different messages. It's a clear outtake and you're clear in terms of what the, the goals and objectives are of your campaign as, as per this kind of marketing or brand uh, platform. Um, as if you try and kind of put in too many messages, it makes it very difficult to nuance it across multiple different platforms. But to do that is, is very difficult for brand and creative teams. I think a big part of our role as, as media specialists is to help our brand and creative teams and that, that kind of stakeholder management piece and help them to understand what each channel, how people are interacting with each different media channel or media platform, why they're using them, what the nuances of these platforms are. So again, going back to the social piece, some are sound on, some are sound off very easy quick kind of things to think about there some 
people consume kind of longer format content some people consume shorter form content as such you then think about your ad format slightly differently and and helping your teams to understand that because you know it's not easy if you're you don't know about these platforms you don't kind of understand and taking on that journey and linked to that i think it's working collaboratively so creative agency media agency media owner uh, brand side media team you know brand teams in-house at client side or creative teams whoever it may be working on that together um and then you can start to be able to be in a better place but it's there's no quick wins and easy fix here this is a, a, a tough one to do well and um we're trying to learn in where i work at hilton but it's not not an easy thing to do <laughs> okay well you mentioned agencies just then you yeah. mentioned uh Earlier in the conversation about you like, you like the fact that creative media come closer together, yeah. for example. So let's talk about the role of agencies. Uh, as we know, agencies themselves are, are changing fast. You know what? Sure. The media agency of old is very different from the media agency now. They're under pressure. They're changing. They're evolving, and they will always evolve and come out on top Absolutely. of the agencies. But what, what what's the role for you? What what's, what's that again? What's the role of an agency now today for you to help you do your job better? Yeah, I mean, I think. Um, to disclaim it, so we work with Cara and Merkel um, as part of the Denser group. Um, actually, the first time in my career I've worked with Denser, and, and they've been a brilliant partner for us. I think the last couple of years um, we've worked with them, um, and we've made some some really positive kind of strides forward. So, and, and they've they've have been a brilliant agency for us to work with in, in my current role. I think the interesting thing about the agency model, and and this is just based on my experience, is it's actually becoming much more strategic. So I think you're moving away from, and this this may be different from the Procter and Gamble's of this world, the Skies of this world, who are the biggest kind of media spenders out there. I think you're it's certainly in my Ross. I'm less concerned about buying rates, understand that stuff because it feels like, of course, it's important. But it's more of a hygiene factor, and with so much stuff being open source, you've got a better idea of kind of what good is and what good isn't. Uh, and a, a kind of base level of understanding, which perhaps you didn't have five, ten years ago. So as such, our relationship, and I think it always felt as though it should be this way, is becoming much more strategic. And even in terms of how um, we are, uh, and I think this is uh, true across the industry, but I don't, don't obviously know every brand, The even down to the retainer models are becoming much more, or sorry, the agency uh, compensation is becoming much more retainer-based. Mm-hmm. Just because of the fact you want, a guaranteed amount of headcount it is becoming more strategic and you're less focused on just a buying team over here and activation team over here you want the ecosystem to be a bit more connected um i think the concept of of truly becoming partners is is becoming even more pertinent than ever which is brilliant and i think i personally feel as though and i've always felt this way that your agency is an extension of, of, of me in an in-house media role you're the same team you're the one team you've both kind of got the same objectives the same goals and also think and this is probably slightly controversial that uh, a lot of the fault with um, agency relationships actually lies with the client and brand. Okay. So I think in my, in my <laughs> okay. experience, I would say that kind of um, you know every agency wants their relationship with the, the client to work, mm. and it's the responsibility of the in-house media person to try and make that work. And of course, it's not always perfect and there will be things where stuff isn't working. There isn't a natural fit between an agency and the client. But a lot of the problems I've seen in my career actually come from the client side, whether it's communication. Interesting. There's been a lot of people, I guess, that are ex agency that have gone into in-house brand media roles and the way they've approached it. And you know, I was agency side a long time ago. I wasn't agency side for that long. Um, but even then I've always felt that like, you're an extension of the same team. Whereas I think some people have gone into that role and very much 
I know as much as you do, I kind of want to pick out the faults in terms of what you are and aren't doing. So such to me, and I guess I'm going on a bit of a long-winded story here, I think the the one team ethos has always been really important to me and I think you're seeing more of that. And the, the word kind of partner, it's always interested me as well, the way you've kind of had client and agency as a language, which you yes. kind of also set someone on a bit of a back foot if you think about the way you use language and stuff like that. So the concept of partnership, you're already not really doing that because you're talking about client and agency, which has always been a bit weird to me. So I think you're, you're, you're certainly becoming my, my one team a lot more and, and it's something I've always advocated, but it definitely seems to be happening more. And I think tied to that as well, you're also starting to see um, media agencies, uh, media owners and brands together more. So I, I'm probably talking to media owners more than I ever have done at any point in my career, and that's great. And I think that's a really positive thing, and I think that agencies are being a bit more open and transparent about that piece, which is fantastic because, you know, we, sh- we all should be on the same page. We all should be thinking, I think, and there's so many benefits from doing that, and the media owner knows their their platform or you know their channels or their optimizations whatever it is the media agency is really strong at understanding you know the range of suppliers within that space and bring that to you and the brands brands are we know our brands we know what we're trying to achieve it so that kind of um triumvirate of of a group of different Mm. uh, people is is really important to kind of do it well and then i think the other thing in direct answer to your question i know it's a very long answer this one um is the fact that agencies are definitely now expanding more into different spaces so moving away from just media planning and buying into stuff like you know attribution helping you understand your first party data strategy etc etc and i think that's that's a good thing as well and i think for the agency model to to survive or to to thrive sorry not survive um it's positive that it's not just thinking about planning and buying because as i said I, i think there's there's less focus in that space and it's definitely becoming more more strategic so what about the the in-housing model? I mean, yeah. way back it was hot thing around and yeah. it was seen as a massive threat to agencies. Uh, everyone I've spoken to recently, so brand side, has, has said that it's actually made the relationships with agencies stronger, sort yeah. of, often sort of weirdly. So what, what do you think about the in-housing trend? Uh, yeah. Just generally. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good question. So I think the, um, it's a bit of a tangent. So I think the first one is really interesting. It feels like there's a bit of a people shortage in media at the moment. And I don't, yeah, I'm not an expert or clever enough to know all the reasons why, but you know, you hear stuff banded around of you know COVID, where people have potentially left the industry and, and gone home who weren't kind of British nationals. Um, Brexit with less an influence as well, but also I think there's there's probably a shortage of people because more people are going in house to brands as well, and it's it's really interesting from a, a recruitment perspective as well. So we've we've been recruiting a bit a bit within my role at Hilton um, lately and um, we've been fortunate to find some brilliant people and they've they've hit the ground running but it's harder to find people than it has been previously and I think there's a whole piece where agencies are probably paying their staff more which is great and deserves I think there's always potentially been a little bit of underpaying going on there which has been great um, but in, in direct answer to your question in my, in my experience of in-housing it's really hard to do well so I think the um, and I've had a, a few examples of this so I've, I've worked at brands where media has almost been fully in-house so in terms of buying etc i've worked in examples of brands where you've just had like a you know one in-house media specialist or a, a couple of me- in-house media specialists who are effectively that conduit between the brand and the media agency and i've worked in in kind of brands where you're more of a hybrid model so there might be an element of buying happening or planning happening within the brand side but also you work kind of collaboratively with the agency and i guess the learnings for me in that space are, as I said, first of all, it's 
bloody hard to do well. And I think there's a few things that make it really, really challenging. I think the first one um, is is actually around people. So, you know, genuinely, I guess, if you're going to in-house, you're going to recruit people from, um, uh, you know, high chance likelihood you're going to present um, you're going to employ people from media agencies. Mm. Now, the structure of media agencies is such that people are used to very kind of linear progression. So someone will go from, uh, and this is just a, you know, an example, from account executive to senior account executive to account manager or you know, account director or business director or client director, whatever it is. There's a very linear path. And if you, you know, tick certain stage gates, you're going to kind of progress up the organization and can do it quite quickly as well. I think the brand side is not like that so you've got first of all you've got much flatter organizations um it is those kind of ability to progress up the organization is very different um it's as i said flatter organization you tend to take more of a squiggly career in um on brand side as in you might take a sideways step to go upwards in the long term you're trying to build your network there's a lot of it's around stakeholder management so it's a very different way of thinking about you know how you kind of progress upwards um, I think other things which which make in housing very difficult are, and be careful how I word this one. Um, but is is that and this this is one I've, I've actually never heard said or discussed too much is the fact that um, and this is based on my experience. It may be different in different brands. Is that the tenureship of a CMO is not actually that long. And like the average tenureship, and I, I don't have the stats. I've, I should probably should have looked. It was at eighteen that, months. I think. Yeah, it's less than yeah. That so now. so as such, yeah. you're and every interestingly every CMO that I've kind of um been under in different organizations i've worked with in has got different ideas about media so as such you've automatically a bit on the back foot there because if your, your cmo is not necessarily asking for having a you know, huge amount of longevity you're potentially having to change your in-house model and how it looks i think that's a an interesting kind of one to think about i think the other bits it is technically quite hard to do so i think that you start to think about your martech and how much of that you want to sit with you versus your agency it's really difficult to hard to, and figure out that and having direct relationships with suppliers etc and i think additionally on top of that the other learning for me has been around the fact that um you start to think about the agency and client relationships so i've, I've not i might be wrong here but uh, in my experience there's no brand that has fully announced everything generally people are working with agencies or media agencies and some guys how you think about structuring that relationship is interesting because quite often you're asking to learn from the media agency to then take something away from them so i think that's an interesting challenge to overcome and i think i guess you know in in summary the the kind of learnings for me in the space and it's something i feel quite passionate about i love talking about actually is that there really is you start to think about in housing no one size approach Mm -hmm. fits all it needs to be right for whatever the business is whatever the business objectives are i think there's a few things to consider so you've got to think about your business goals What's your media budget? What industry sector are you in? And then actually your office location to an extent as well. Because if you're in a trading estate in the arse end of nowhere, it's quite hard to entice someone away who's in central London to to, to do to, to move from that. So you need to think about that part of it as well and whether people that come to you are going to be happy. So um, really interesting space. I'm not personally sure I'm seeing people nail it in this space. Um, and it's it's really hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's nice. Nice honesty there. So let's talk a bit about uh, other forms of collaboration. You mentioned, sure. you know, st- stakeholder management is, is yeah. critical to to a brand career, as opposed yeah. to an agency career. And you mentioned before that, you know, the different sort of partners you work with. So collaboration internally, yeah. how does a uh, head of media, how's the collaboration with, 
the CIO or CTO. How's that changed? I guess that, as you said when we first started, yeah. so much of your role now is about technology and therefore buying technology. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a good question. So I think, and again, this is this is based on my experience. I don't, and I, I take it beyond CI, CIO and CTO, actually into MarTech as well, okay. which I suppose potentially sits under your CTO. Um, it, in my experience, it's not as close as it should be. Um, so I think that uh, it should be a lot closer for a number of reasons. So I think there's, the, there's a few obvious reasons you start to think about it. So um, firstly, and like in the media space, we hold relationships with a, a lot of the kind of most important technologies and data suppliers, uh, whether it's Google, whether it's Meta, whether it's our you know, DCO technology or, or whatever else it is, we as media people generally hold that relationship and we're normally spending money with those suppliers. So as such, they're quite open to speaking to us, whereas quite often your CTO, CIO, they want to learn, they want to understand things, but they're not bringing kind of money to the table. So us acting in the media role as a conduit to that relationship, I think is really important and we should be facilitating that. I think there's the obvious stuff and some of the stuff we've spoken about um, over the last kind of 20 minutes or so um, around sort of uh, first party data. You know, we spoke about how important it is for us as as media people um, working with the team to understand that and understand the data and how you use that data from a technology point of view should be really central to our role. So there's a natural kind of fit there. And then I think additionally, and again, we touched on this a few minutes ago, cookie list future, like, you know, we have to be close to the people that are, you know, helping us to understand that, that are putting, um, you know, some of the notifications on your website around opting into cookies, et cetera, et cetera. So not close enough in my experience as it should be. And there's a real opportunity to get those relationships closer. And I think the other thing, which, and again, it may be me, just me as an example, I, I don't think I use that, potentially that relationship well enough as well. Because I think you actually... Again, with my kind of in-house hat on here, I'm not sure people actually understand um, how much of your media spend actually goes towards media. When you start to think about your technology costs uh, or whatever else it is, ad serving, whether you're, as I said, using the brand DCO, safety, whatever, brand safety, all, all that kind of stuff, how much of your money is actually going towards media? I've personally never done a very good job of landing that internally. And I think it's an important conversation to actually have. And working closely with your CIO, CTO, whoever it may be, um, can probably help you in that space as well. Because I don't think it's it's widely understood within that space. So I, I think that, you know, there's a, there's feels like there should be a very reciprocal relationship, um, but perhaps isn't as close as, as it always could be. To go. Brilliant. Well, Richard, that's been such a great, great chat. So we're going to sort of finish up now but before we go it will, it's almost the end of the year it's almost Christmas yeah. my favourite time of year so I've got a question to you is what are you most excited about when it comes to, to technology or media and you I mean, you, the word passions come up quite a lot in this yeah. conversation it's obviously things that you sort of you really love in this industry uh, you've got an amazing amazing position at a, a great brand and the world's changing as we said so fast there's so yeah. opportunities now being presented to you tech wise yeah. media wise so what are you most excited about in the coming few months Oh, very good question. Um, I think we've, we've spoken about a few other things. I think the first one for me is, is like I touched on it earlier, is attribution is very, very tangible. So like kind of like the the concept of, and it's it's taken media a long time to get over and, and you know, I include my brand in this where I work, but other brands I've worked at to get over last click attribution. Mm-hmm. And the fact we're actually there now or you know much further along in that space and trying to think about media being invested in the right ways as opposed to kind of this 
thing, which I think everyone can agree is fairly flawed, is really, really exciting to me. So I think the fact that, you know, you're, you've got a better guide on how to spend your media budget, um, and it puts you in an interesting position where you're starting to think more interesting conversations about growing brands, um, about kind of the role that media can play in growing said brands and not always thinking about that. Has someone clicked through to my website? Has someone kind of purchased, you know, via our, you know, Google ads or whatever? So I think attribution, number one, is really kind of exciting to me. I think the second trend, um, which I'm massively excited about, is like audience and consumer. Um, there's so much more understanding of your audience and consumer which is evolving by the day and technology is absolutely helping within that space um, and then the opportunities that provides from a media point of view uh, and we spoke about this a little bit earlier of the fact that the way to target audiences becoming much more sophisticated is where channels are coming together so um, I think understanding your audience targeting them in a more sophisticated way um, and putting the kind of audience at the centre of everything you do is, is really exciting so um, I'd say they're kind of the, the, the two main trends I'm most excited about and, and I think media's in a feels like it's in a really exciting good place and I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of the next 12 months Oh god that's such a lovely way in which to end beautiful beautiful quote to thank end you. so Richard thank you so much that was a, really, a superb chat really honest and full of lots of really useful insight for everyone listening so thank you thank you so much pleasure it's great to chat thank you for your time and thank you for listening goodbye goodbye this podcast is a new digital age production new digital age is part of the blue strike group the communications group for the digital industry please go to www.bluestripegroup.co.uk for more information